With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the CHGO Fire Podcast presented by PointsBet. Sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. I'm Pat McCraney. He's Alex Campbell. And there was a question I asked Ezra Hendrickson after the game, the 3-1 win over Inter-Miami. What was that and where has it been? Good question because the the fire, as we outlined last show, was not a very uh, positive show, certainly not our most upbeat effort, as the fire basically looked dead. Um, and then they come out and produce a backs-against-the-wall performance against Inter-Miami at home in Bridgeview, and yeah, it's 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 a game that leaves you wondering, why can't these players and this team do that every week? Well, a lot of times in sports, and especially in this sport, the answer is simple, and it's the quality of the opponent. And we Correct. sometimes read we look we look at our team through the lens of our team. So we look at the fire through the why are the fire good or why are the fire bad? Well, it's because they're playing the Philadelphia Union or they're playing Inter Miami. It's not that hard. Tonight, they're playing Montreal in Montreal. That's going to be hard, and they're going to look worse, especially with the injury the report. Yeah, the we'll way get it to is. that later. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, in this particular game, uh, I, th- I thought a really, really good sign was that the team has certainly not quit. Um, right. And they, they came they out very, firing. They could have very easily just rolled over and yeah. died. Yeah. You know, Mauricio Pineda was out there with, apparently he had 101 fever earlier in the day. Um, the, the entire team, including Shakiri, who we've we've gotten on for for dogging it defensively, they were all working hard. They all looked crisp. Uh, John Duran did his best. Thierry Henry at the Bernabeu uh, impression. Um, absolutely, that, uh, that guy's ability to run really fast while not totally losing control of the ball. He does take some yeah. loose touches, but I mean, we can maybe get into it more detail in a couple minutes. But that third goal of the game where he's just turning up field and basically in a fun. straight line, yeah. full-out sprint, still keeping the ball somewhat in control in control enough to eventually score. Yeah, I mean, the way the team works together is unlike anything we've seen much this season. And it really, I think, kind of feeds off nicely, Pat, one of the big things we talked about last week, which was, you know, you talked about you know how we've criticized Shakiri, and I made the point last week that the fire don't work when you have multiple players who aren't you know, going right. to track back, who aren't going to run. And we've seen in a few recent matches where you had Casper Shabilko, Jordan Shakiri, and Jairo Torres all on the field together. None of them particularly high work rate guys, and it creates massive problems. Whereas in this game, 
you've got John Duran and Brian Gutierrez in for Shabilko and Torres. Yeah. And, you know, yes, Shakiri stepped it up even more, but you can afford Shakiri's walking tendency with that group um, yes. plus Chris Mueller yes. because all those guys will do the running if Shakiri is not willing or able to do the running. And so I think when you ask Ezra, where has this been? My question is less, where has the effort been? And more, we've wanted this lineup for weeks. We haven't gotten it. And we finally yeah. get it. And yes, it's against Inter-Miami, so there is that caveat. Not exactly a defensive stalwart of a unit, as I think all three goals illustrated. Yes, the fire did well to score them, but yeah. all three goals involved some just heinous defending on the part of Inter-Miami. But I think that's the thing. It's It feels, maybe again, small sample size, correlation, causation. Yeah. But to see the lineup we've been clamoring for finally get out there and do this, it's like, hey, maybe we were right about something. And and Duran is himself so fun to watch because for better and worse exactly exactly <laughs> he's incredibly entertaining he's spectacular and makes terrible decisions at times and does things that wow you and then does things that make you scratch your head and all of it though comes with a a higher work uh, it, he blows away Shabilko's work rate I, I oh, don't his, yeah. his ceiling I don't know if I've ever seen a footballer whose ceiling and floor are further apart than that guy. Because <laughs> that, like, on the one hand, you could tell me that in five years that guy is scoring goals in the Champions yeah. League. And on yeah. the other hand, you could tell me in five years he's sitting on the bench back home in Columbia. And I would believe <laughs> both scenarios. Because he, it's just, he's one of those guys. And you can understand the excitement that, you know, attracted, you know, writers from The Guardian to put him on that, like, top prospects in the world list a couple of years yeah. ago. The fire clearly saw the same thing. It's, you could really see the talent there. And I think, you know, he's really promising. I, I like, it looks like that controversy from early in the year where he said some dumb things on Instagram, hopefully in the rear he, view. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't said dumb things right. on Instagram? I mean, I this, this is, this is very, yeah. very true. Because again, the, the plan as we understand it with him is, Ideally, it was two full seasons. This is season one. Right. And so he's, by all accounts, going to go into next year as the starting striker for this team, probably undisputed. I, I could see somebody swooping in, though. I could see somebody swooping in. Oh, you in. think a yeah. team taking him off their hands sooner? Yeah. Rather than, because yeah. yeah. I think the ideal was, this is his betting in season. Yeah. Next year, he's the unquestioned starting number nine scores a whole bunch of goals yeah. and you sell him for a whole bunch of money i think that's what the fire want but but you know. if if his talent yeah. is ob again his talent seems to be pretty well known so if if has he done the question is has he done enough this season those three or four games that have been his real top standout performances yeah. this being one of them are those enough for somebody to come in with an offer that the fire would say okay this isn't really the number we were hoping for but it's kind of too good to say no to, given the unknown of what he'll do next year. I'm also interested to see how they're going to get Shabilko off their books, because that's obviously not working. But with Duran, um, the weird thing about him is, I think Heights and Peltzer have missed on a lot of these South Americans, but the two guys I think they've they've gotten right, for the most part, are the two Colombians. Who were having a club. great time. I mean, yeah. talk about guys who, I mean, again, we don't know exactly what their relationship was before they came here. But the, the way those guys celebrated yeah, after cool. this game, a Colombian flag yeah. came out of the crowd from somewhere. Yeah. Also, those two guys on each other's shoulders have to total, like, what, like 11 <laughs> feet tall? They're big. I think yeah. they're, like, they're two of the yeah. biggest guys on the team, although yeah. 
Duran always is sneakily shorter than I think he is. I think John Duran is only like six foot, maybe six one. He just seems much larger. Carlos Tehran is actually a very large man. He's, he's very like, large man. He's like six foot four. So yeah, to see those guys playing as well as they're playing, Tehran I think is really maybe going to be the unsung. I don't know if hero is the right word, but he's going to. He might be the best player on the team this season. In he's, term- he's been uh, he's been surprisingly good when he's been healthy. Most um, improved, we'll call it most improved. Yeah, and I think from a discipline standpoint, and, and from like a from a tactical standpoint, those two are kind of far apart, and it's almost like they didn't come from the same club because Tehran's pretty disciplined. Maybe it's just coaching he got here in Chicago. I don't know, but I think he's pretty disciplined, pretty intelligent player. Makes mistakes, obviously, being a young guy, but I think he's he's pretty far along. Uh, yeah, his, I would say his Duran is just you know he'll turn. He'll turn into a defender like a U9 player, but he can also roast you, and his left foot is insane. Well, maybe so, that's why he's a striker and Tehran yeah. is, is a center back. Yeah. Might just be uh, personal uh, tendencies. Nice, nice comment from Nick P here. He says, hey, guys, great combo about Duran. He's gr- got to be the starter. Shakiri, Mueller, and Goody want to play fast, and Duran is the guy yes. to do it. Bingo. Yes. Just nail on the head. Yes. That's, that, Thanks, Nick. That's what we've been wanting to see. It's he, just this, this team works best with those guys together, and also then when you have the very dynamic pivot of Pineda and Fetty Navarro. It just, the the fluidity of the team just works better. It gets really static yeah. when you start introducing Shabilko and Torres and, to a lesser degree, Gaston Jimenez. Things just were a little more static when you've got any of those guys, let alone all of them, on the field. And even if Duran's not scoring, he's difficult he's for a the pain opposing, in the ass for a center for back. the opposing center backs to figure out that he's he's moving he's he's making them he's forcing them to make decisions he's creating space whether he knows he's doing it or not he's he's very very difficult to deal with up there whereas Shabilko really hasn't been this year so and we see what Philadelphia is doing without him Philadelphia has gotten much better by letting him go so obviously Philly has destroyed the fire in that deal um, also should say, though, Philly Philly has not won that deal maybe as much as it looks like because they offloaded Shabilko to bring in a DP striker whose name I'm going to mispronounce, Ura, I think, yeah. U-H-R-E, who has maybe been one of the, if not the worst True. designated players value for money. He scored a couple goals, but they they paid money to sign him on a transfer fee. They're paying him a significant salary. So Philly has basically brought in, they brought in a replacement striker for Shabilko who now can't get into the starting 11 despite his paycheck. So I think really what it's credit to Philly of is just the system, how they've drilled their players. Jim Curtin's a very good coach. You know, we talk about, you know, Americans on this show, and we talk about Gaga leaving. Watch Jim Curtin's name this winter because there have been a couple times over the last couple years where his name gets thrown around. Um, If Philly wins a supporter shield and makes a run to MLS Cup, yeah, especially if uh, especially if our friend Jesse Marsh continues to do well at Leeds United, Jim Curtin's going to be a name I think you could see linked with some places. That early 2000s fire team has produced, sort of like the late 2000s Chivas team, which a lot of the same names, has produced a lot of really good coaches. I mean, or just the quantity. I mean, because it's um, obviously Bob Bradley. It's the Bob Bradley tree. The Bob yeah. Bradley tree yeah. is, you know, Bob Bradley's contributions to American soccer are just as much who he tutored in coaching rather than just 
teams he coached, what they accomplished. It is a bountiful tree. It's like a tall oak. Like strong. It is. It is. It's a tall oak. It's a majestic oak. Well, yeah. the crazy thing still with that one is uh, Bob Bradley was the coach at Princeton of Jesse Marsh. Yes. And then brought Jesse Marsh to the fire. And with, with Grant Wall covering them as a student. Yeah. That's just... Yeah, what what was going on with Princeton? It's just funny. The Princeton men's soccer universe circa like 1996 was something. I don't know what was in the water over there. Anyway. Um, Shall we look at the playoff math? Playoff math. Um, Lawrence, that's your cue. The oh picture gosh. is not rosier than it was last week, but it's not any worse than it was last yeah, week. Yeah, I think 538 gives them now a 6% chance to make the postseason as opposed to a 4% chance. Yeah, it basically seems, yeah, the way the odds are currently working is the fire, it's basically a two percentage point swing yeah no matter what they do um so yeah there's the picture it's interesting though if you look at the 538 odds charlotte's chances are now even lower than the fire they've basically got charlotte dead um toronto are the team we kind of thought and feared they might be in that their attack is very fun and they are a sieve on defense so they're Toronto's losing a lot of games, like five to three, right now. I'll be now. honest; I was I was a little shocked when I saw them down in thirteenth when I pulled this up last night because yeah. I, I missed the all they, the they swings. They should be they should definitely be better. Yeah, uh, I, I knew they were on the way up, and now, oops, they're back down the third. Yeah, game. a couple weeks ago when we were looking at this picture, it was like, wow, a lot of these teams are playing okay, and someone's going to feel hard done by to miss out. A couple weeks later, and I'm looking at this list. Yeah, I don't think anybody currently under the playoff line is playing anything like a playoff team <laughs> at this point. So, like, the fire are no less deserving of being in this fight than anybody else. Columbus hasn't even been that good lately. So, the Eastern Conference in MLS has gone from, ooh, this is going to be a really exciting race to see who gets in the playoffs, to we have to put one of these teams in the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, hey, before we take this picture away... Uh, what do you think Duran's saying to Shakiri in this in this photo? For those watching the stream, I've got a nice photo of them hugging it out after a goal. Ooh, what, what is he whispering sweet nothings in Shaq's ear? Those ice cream nachos look really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what I don't know how, how John's English is at this point. Um, obviously, and I think Sha- English has got to be Shaq's what fourth language. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. They're they're about so who knows. As I, as I think the answer here. Uh, but, yeah, okay. the, the Eastern Conference playoff. Good guess, Alex. Very good guess. Is I a, appreciate that. Yeah. A couple things to worry about Total here. Total mess. A yeah, couple <laughs> things to worry about here, though. Columbus has a game in hand. Uh, they will play in the final week. Um, and Columbus plays Inter-Miami tonight. And then... Uh, Inter-Miami on short rest after getting pretty handled by the fire. Here's so, the thing, though. Ugh. Either one of them winning is a bad for the fire. So yeah, if you're a fire fan, you yeah. want to draw on that game. And there's um, a game tomorrow as well, Orlando City, because just above Columbus is Orlando, who um, are on, I think, 42 points. So if Columbus wins, they're going to jump Orlando. Orlando's probably the more realistic, one of the more realistic seventh seed candidates. I don't think Columbus is on track for 48 points right now, which means the fire can finish with a maximum of 47. So that's not, they, they could win out and still not, not make the playoffs, that. which would be, a very fire thing to do. Um, oh yeah, the exact perfect amount of too little, too late would would be. However, um, the the teams on forty two points are tracking slightly below Columbus because they played an extra game. One of those teams is Orlando. They play Atlanta, who's a mess, but also Oof. above the playoff uh, line from the fire. So you're almost these two games 
coupled with Fire Montreal, you're almost hoping for draws in these two other games, and then the Fire have to take three in Montreal. They are not mathematically eliminated if they lose tonight, but it's real bad, even with a draw. If they lose tonight, they would need Columbus and or Orlando to lose out and win out, and that's just probably not going to happen. Um, it's not. It's not good. So they they need. It's it's not technically a do or die game, but it is for all intents and purposes a do or die game tonight. The Fire need three, and then you need a little bit of help from those other teams, and we'll know a lot more about the playoff picture heading into the weekend. Um, by the time we do this show again next week, they might be dead. So it, it two so losses. To no, yeah, and yeah. it could be, and it also and could be to no fault of the Fire zone. Like the Fire could win both their games, and their and odds could get worse. Yeah. It could. So this is the this is the hole that you've dug for yourself, Chicago Fire. If you just didn't lose for three straight months between March and June, you hey. maybe pick up a few more points there. Maybe in the seven zero zero games you've played this year, if you had scored like I don't know three times, you'd be way above the playoff line now. But um, also Atlanta, not only a figurative mess, also uh, their locker room this past yes, week, literal yes. mess. Uh, Joseph yeah. Martinez flipping tables and throwing chicken what? and rice all over the place. Is he trying to join my guy Kevin Patrick in uh, the WWE universe? Yes. What was, what's happening? I mean, him? honestly, Joseph Martinez, I think, could make a really, really compelling wrestling character. Like, he's kind of got that attitude about him that I think if he leaned into it, he would be a good fit for that. No, Atlanta, Atlanta's in a very weird spot. Um, the team is kind of in transition. You think the fire have missed on signings. Holy hell, Atlanta, value for money, have been a Bad. total disaster yeah. in trying to sign South American players and then sell them on. Um, their chief executive leaves for Newcastle. Um, their their coach is very much on the hot seat. They've got like the fifth string goalkeeper in net these days. Are they bringing in Garth, though? I mean, they... we'll have to see. I think Garth Lagerway needs to like host like some sort of reality TV show this offseason. With the various suitors, I mean, like the Bachelor is what you're saying. Yeah. I think Joe shows up with all the money. I mean, the, the basic the basic theory at this point, um, we've talked about this a bit on this show, but it's Atlanta is going to make a strong offer. The Fire should make a strong offer, and I imagine there will be a couple phone calls from across the pond, and then from there, Garth can decide what he wants to do, or he can hang out in Seattle, maybe not wanting to uh, go out on the only year in the club's MLS existence where they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but they, it's it's sort of like the fire don't make the playoffs, and it's like, yeah, that's it's disappointing again. The, Seattle doesn't make the playoffs, and it's like, well, you won CONCACAF Champions League, and you made the playoffs every year forever. Um, we'll get them next year. It's also interesting. If, if Garth were to leave Seattle, that's not a job I'd want to walk into right now. No. Because you've got a lot of players who are older. You have Christian Roldan and Jordan Morris both currently on hometown discounts, probably rightfully both going to want to raise yeah. potentially a designated player level salary raise on a team that already has three DPs. Um, that roster is over the next year is going to be a mess to manage. And I think Garth Lagerway would be capable of figuring it out, but I wouldn't envy anybody who's got to follow him in that job, not only for reputation reasons and for all he achieved or has achieved, I should say, but just, that talk about a team that's going to hit a transition phase real, real soon. Seattle, a team to watch to see how they recover once they get everybody healthy, because I think their uh, their budgeting is going to present a challenge sooner rather than later. Speaking of budgeting, uh, oh, I, I just just going to say I want Garth here just for stri- strictly for the Wayne's World references. Oh uh, yeah, party on Garth. 
I was gonna say, oh, Are you gonna talk to me about points bet, or I'm gonna talk to you about? You're points gonna talk bet? to me about points oh. bet because again, in budgeting, oh, we gotta we gotta budgeting. hit the other side of the ledger. I hit some bets this weekend, Lawrence. I finished up in the did? Bears game. I did some of the lightning bets. I was on a roll. I turned okay. four dollars into like thirty. If you bet on the Bears Where this weekend, good things happen. Yeah. Whoa. I bet on that Bears second half. It was it was it was. It was oh, incredible. that was juicy. Right, uh, I did not bet on that. I saw people talking about how it was they, incredible. Yeah, the money line was pretty big. You know, Lawrence. Yes. This football season, points bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games. Which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown. And cash out your live second half over bet. With points bet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before. Build the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with points bet lightning bets. So whenever you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. You could just sit there, you could be laying down, you could just be making silly bets. And, oh, and it's they, the best. They all hit and it's fun. Yeah. They all always hit. Uh, they, yeah. That's how sure, this works. Sure, they all hit. Unless sure. we make the points bet pick of the week, and then they usually don't hit, mm. if we're being honest here. Uh, that's later in the show, folks. Download the points bet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And also, we've got a new read in the show this yeah, week. This is exciting. This is, this is for excited. Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could afford? 50-yard line, courtside, right behind home plate, floor seats for a concert. Game time makes it possible. They've got the biggest last-minute price drops, and it can be found on the seats you never thought you'd be able to buy. It's pretty cool. You could sit there at home yeah. and go, hmm. Yeah, check this out. So you, our yeah. link is below the YouTube video here, our, our link to Game Time. This actually helps us a lot. Please use that link do, if you do are going to use Game Time. But look at this. We could uh, check out, uh, I don't know, are you near Montreal this evening? Let's see. What can you get in the, we in got the any very good. for? Got any fire Quebec fans up there in there. Quebec? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Is there any CSGO fire fans from uh, Quebecois? Uh, yeah, so 11 bucks will get you in the building. And uh, these prices are obviously dynamic. They will go up and down as the day goes on. Good prices. Uh, I do them. like that you can see the seats. I that think that's is kind of sweet. a cool thing. They, they have pictures from each section, which is always Big nice. upgrade on that. You know, there's a, there's a, a website that's existed for a long time that did this service. And this is much better. It's an innovation on, uh, on that way of doing yeah, very things. Very cool. So, very yeah, cool. if you want to check out... Also at home, there's a couple of very crucial Chicago soccer games down the stretch. Yeah. Chicago Fire against Charlotte this coming weekend. Uh, the Red Stars are home tomorrow night against Kansas City Current. They've got a couple of very big games coming up down the stretch. Game time was created by fans for fans to guarantee the lowest prices. And if you love CHGO, you will love game time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through that link that Lawrence just showed you in the show notes. So join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Game Time makes me think of Cliff Lovingston and Horace Grant with the, what time yes, is it? Yes, I know. Game Time. Huh. I always think of that every time I've heard that ad read. I, yes. God, I love Cliff Lovingston. Mm. You know what's another game you could go to on Game Time? You could go to a Chicago Bears game. And you know what you should do before you go to that Bears oh. game? We have an official CHGO oh. tailgate September 25th. How about that? Let's go. Yeah. All your food and drinks are included with the ticket. We've got information uh, about this on our website, allchgo.com. 
we would expect that you would want to come out, hang out with us, have a few beverages, and check out the the, the football There's going to be music, you know, there's going to be food. Also, one of the few games this year, the Bears will be favored to win. Yes, and you get to, yeah. Lovie, hey, man. Lovey Smith will be. You're talking about the 1-0 Bears. The 1-0, tied for first place, kind of, Chicago Bears. What do you it's mean, Super Bowl of? or bust. It's 100% they're tied for first. There's no kind of around, any, any way around Yeah, that. who needs to know about point differential at some point? Is that really a tiebreaker, though? No. I mean, at this point, after my very, I mean, my brain just works like works in soccer stats largely, sure. so I assume the first tiebreaker yeah, is It's the goal differential goal, is, is on your, the Bears right now. Is your differential. Yeah, that's a good call. So, yeah, CHGO tailgate September 25th. We'll be promoting it on all sorts of social channels over the coming week or so. Do it. Be there. So come check that out. Do it. Uh, speaking of uh, stadiums where the Bears play, the Fire did not play at Soldier Field this past uh, no. game. They were at SeatGeek Stadium where they drew over 15,000 fans. I got this question 10 times from different people, I think. What was with the crowd? Yeah, I was confused. <laughs> Including from you. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I was not at this game. So I, I when I saw on TV, like, that's a very full crowd for a largely meaningless soccer game what are we doing here i was talking to somebody with the club before the game and they're like i'm like how bad is it gonna be are we getting four thousand here and they're like no it's gonna break 15 probably i'm like you're joking i'm like did you give away a bunch of tickets they're like no it, it's it's mostly sales like the, the i'm like how why what like what the theory is i think is that unlike the nycfc game which was turned around pretty quickly and, and moved from, from Soldier Field to SeatGeek. This one's been, since the Bears schedule dropped, we've known this one is going to be at, at SeatGeek for the most part. They announced it officially after they worked out the details several months ago, and so they've had a lot of time to market this one and, and sell this one, and um, I think there's a there's a portion of the Fire fan base, and if, if I was a regular fan, I would be included in that, who would rather go to SeatGeek to watch a game than Soldier Field? Soldier Field, to me, living in the Western Burbs, is a pain. SeatGeek is 20 minutes in and out, and it, it's got way better sight lines. And although the concessions are still a disaster there, it's yeah, it's not great. It's a more interesting, intimate venue to watch a game. Yeah, as we mentioned before, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to repeat a point I think I made two weeks ago, which is, can we just take SeatGeek Stadium and move it somewhere else? Can we just take that stadium, pick it up, and drop it? Somewhere that yeah everybody agrees is like the wherever the optimal place because Bridgeview is still not walkable and exciting and fun after the game. No public transit. The yeah. the uh, the Orange Line right. drops you at Midway Airport, so that doesn't really work. Yeah, and again, like if you live in the south suburbs or the western burbs, it's a very accessible location. If you live in the city or north or northwest of the city, it's lousy. Soldier Field's big problem is that I would say their biggest problem is that the parking costs more than the tickets. Yeah. Which is, and anytime that is yeah. the case, you are either getting an amazing deal on a ticket or you were getting scammed out of your mind on the parking costs. And and I, I know the fire have really no choice. The fire, if they wanted to, could lower the, the parking costs, but they have to eat the difference to the park district on every one. So if they wanted to make it, say, Thirty bucks instead of forty. Now we just have someone. Wor- uh, someone's on the roof. Now nah, someone's just uh, walking around on the roof. No big deal. We're fine. Everything's fine. Right. We. I'm, I'll say wow. this. I'll say. You know. I don't know if you watched <laughs> any of the Bears game. There was a bit of a torrential downpour. A little bit wet. A little bit. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Watched so, it. Uh, behind you, Patrick, uh, in the corner there yeah. was a little bit of a downpour as well. Ah. So I believe maybe they're up up on the roof trying to help us out and uh, fix some leaks. So. 
yeah. I don't know if you guys could hear it, but the floor is creaking yeah, to they a probably degree can't hear that. It, yeah. It's yeah. concerning. Just pretend you're in a house. All says I was uh, I was taping something else yesterday, and uh, I was mid sentence, and a fire alarm went off. That's fun in the room I was taping, That's and fun. so you know you, you got to just kind of roll with the punches. Sometimes you do. Um. So Pat, this has been an arrangement though. The fire have kind of had going for a couple years now, where the bear season starts, they play a few games at SeaGeek, and we agree that we don't really think, at least for the time being, there's anything wrong. With this setup, that, that there's nothing wrong with them continuing to do this, at least for, for in the short term. It's weird a little bit, but is it really that big of a deal? It's not as weird as NYCFC playing in like five different stadiums and calling them all right. home games this year. Right. It, it's not. None of them are baseball stadiums. That neither Correct. one. Yeah. It, none of them are turf. It's not. It's not a big deal to me. And it, it's. I think that to your point about picking up SeatGeek and putting it somewhere else a little more convenient, I would want it to be a lot more like TQL where it's. You know, all if you if you spend a lot of money on SeatGeek, if you put a roof all the way around, like a, a noise-containing soccer roof, not over the not a dome, uh, you in the in the stand, the old um, Valspar fire pit or whatever they called it at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you completed that around with seats, I, I think it could be that could be a viable venue. I don't think that's, a, that's something anybody's really considering. Um, but I I, w- I want a soccer-specific stadium. I do not. Want the bear or the fire to stay in Soldier Field if the Bears leave, because um, I don't really trust that any of the soccer-specific designs will ever actually come true for that or anything like that. And I, I like, there, there's a point where where I sit for fire games, I can't see the corner flag Correct. below me. Like it's it's not, it's it's got a lot of pluses. But tailgating on the lakefront is the best, and uh, you know. When you are in the lower in the in the hundred level of Soldier Field for a fire game, even if that the West Stand is is completely empty, it doesn't feel empty. It does feel like a big event. The sound system and, and video boards are insane. It 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 feels like a big event when you're there, but from a sightline standpoint, it's nowhere near as good as SeatGeek. Yeah. And I just it does have the benefit though yeah. from a if we're going to talk about the pros and cons of of where we sit from a press perspective, Soldier Field's press box inside. Which is quite nice when it's either raining, certain days, cold, yes. Yes. hot. Um, I, the SeatGeek um, press box again has it's small and it's outside. And we've been, we've made this joke before. They literally, when they designed that stadium, they copied and pasted it from um, the then Home Depot Center in Old Carson, California. Yes. And not, did not think to consider that perhaps that particular element needed to be <laughs> yeah. adjusted. Oh, that's ridiculous. And no, it's true. That's Unreal. actually what happened, though. It's You've like, got your, I thought like, it was a joke the first time I was told that. And yeah. it's like, no, that's actually what they did. You've got some, your laptop out windows. and, uh, you know, the, it's pouring it's, rain right in front of you. It's First game I ever covered, like, from as media at SeatGeek Stadium was the 2019 season opener a fire against Orlando. It was sleeting sideways, and I was sitting outside. It was 35 degrees. Love, G- love G- Chicago. G- you, you, Chicago in April. What's not to like? Um, long term, though, what do they do here? Because there was some news this past week on the soldier on the state of Soldier Field. The Bears laid out this beautiful, complicated Arlington Heights master plan with the word "if" about 12,000 times in it in different places, and then basically. Where they were saying all these nice things, look how exciting this is, and then toward the end, they kind of dropped the bomb, which is, oh, by the way, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. And that, to me, probably takes a hit to the odds that project happens. 
And if the Bears had come out and said, hey, we, we think, you know, we can get this amount of money for it. We, this is how we're going to fund it. Maybe taxpayer money has to pick up some of the slack. But it seems like it's going to have to pick up well, most of it. I, it's all in the details. The, the stadium itself, they're not asking for anyone to pay for. Which, uh, it's, it's all the, like, you know, the, the fixing of 53 and the exits and all, and, like, you know. Yeah, all that kind of crap, and the other other buildings in the area. Yeah, it's this whole like park development. There's got to yeah. be what like fifty buildings that they're they're putting. Yeah, up? Yeah, you know, and there's like, you know, who knows what all they there. <laughs> there was a mention of paddle boats in a little. Anytime though, I see the sentences. Yes, like I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it was basically like, despite the, like this being in Arlington Heights, we think this is a good thing for the people of Chicago, yeah. people of Cook County, and all Illinois residents, which yeah. is just code for. Tax dollars, and yeah, it's like I know it's, uh, not, man. it's not great. So, because the thing here is, I get, the more we learn about everything going on with Soldier Field, the more I feel like we are just headed for a stalemate in which actually nothing is going to change, and the Bears and the Fire are both going to be stuck in the same unideal circumstances they currently find themselves. I, I think if you're the Fire, obviously they've got they they want to get the the training ground going. Yeah, that's priority one. Take care first, of that. But I think simultaneously, I don't know this, but I assume this, they have to be finding or looking for land options where they could possibly put a, a soccer-specific stadium because um, you can't wait for Soldier Field and, and the Bears to leave. And, and then, like, this is fine in the short term. I don't care if they're playing in two stadiums. Yeah. I don't care if they go back to SeatGeek full-time. I don't care, you know, they're not going to be able to play in Soldier Field full-time if you just drop a bear schedule on the top of a fire schedule every year. But um, th that's all fine for now. But but long-term, I don't think Soldier Field's it. I don't think that we've, we, everybody mentions that Joe Mansueto's got the money to buy Soldier Field. I don't know that it's technically even allowed that he could. Uh, I've, I've been told that, you know, because it's lakefront public property, it's illegal for him to buy it. I Joe has enough money that he can make things legal. So, it, it, you know, maybe maybe that's an option, but... Um, what is he, Logan Roy? What he he kind of is. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Pocketbook's yeah. about the same size. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, I I don't want that. I, I wouldn't mind no. the location, but I don't want that. I don't... And I, I think that any stadium, they need to own. They need to own their own stadium. Also, any stadium in week, this is a kind of a good transition to a positive potential thing, is... Any stadium where, especially for a soccer team, you have no control over the surface you're playing on, and it's yes. largely just down to the park district trying to cut corners, shout out to new Bears head coach Matt Eberflus for using his leverage as the new guy in town to say, hey, everybody hates this grass. Why are we still playing on it? And someone was like, huh, that's a good point. Why are we still playing on this awful, awful grass? So it will be interesting to see, hopefully once it dries from the monsoon, when the fire play Charlotte, how does that new Bermuda surface look? It cannot look worse. It is Bermuda. Okay, it's the Bermuda grass. All right. The uh, I noticed one thing that the, the gridiron lines aren't going to be as pr predominant because they were fading off during the game. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the crooked line <laughs> that they had to repaint. And the rest of them were kind of fading off during the game because of the amount of water. So... Uh, that'll look a little nicer, I guess. The, uh, one, thing, oh, the one thing I was going to say that I'm optimistic about in terms of the types of grass, Bermuda grass is often the type of grass you see used, at least here in the Midwest, on golf courses a yeah. lot, for fairways and greens. It, so it being cut short, very short, seems meant to, to be short. It is meant yeah. to be cut short. Yeah. Kentucky bluegrass is not. 
And Kentucky bluegrass is the type of grass that you often see in people's backyards around these parts. It's it's not yeah. It is not exactly the stuff you would ideally yeah. want for a professional sports team, particularly a soccer team to be playing on. So maybe at least in the short term, maybe Matt Eberflus has done not only the Bears but the Fire a favor as well in making Soldier Field not such an awful place to play literally any sport. Uh, if you want to compare and contrast the two venues, there's one home game left at each of them. Uh, this Saturday against Charlotte will be at Soldier Field. And then October 9th, Decision Day, will be at SeaKeek Stadium against the Revolution. So if you want to go out and support the fire at either or both, you have one more chance at each venue this year. And uh, we will also say here that uh, even if the fire are eliminated before Decision Day, that New England, if the fire had been eliminated, the New England game is just going to be the Gaga Slanina going away party potentially. Yeah. So again, we won't, we probably still won't know that for sure. It would be nice if we knew that before that game happened, but that is unlikely. We're probably not going to know Gaga's fate until sometime during the off season. So this is a this is know. for a different show, but on that topic, I very much. And this is not a slight against Gaga. I want Gaga for his development to go play somewhere else. And I want Chris Brady for his development to be the fire starter next year. Yeah, we saw there was a question in the chat about Memo Ochoa. And uh, no. No. Uh, not, no one would agree to that because Memo's going to want a lot of money. Uh, that doesn't work. Memo's an international player who so takes up that roster spot. It, Memo's yeah. going to want to start somewhere it, not be backing yeah. up some 18-year-old American he's never heard of. So and It's like no. when, when Colorado brought in Timmy Howard. It's like... You're really going to do a DP deal for a goalie who's 40? No, 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 don't do. No, so no. Um, the the starting goalkeeper for the Fire next year will be somebody who will turn 19 in 2023. It's just a question of which 19 year old is in the net. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking, Pat, about games being played at SeatGeek Stadium, which is a good segue to the points bet pick of the week and a game pl- being played at SeatGeek Stadium tomorrow night. The Chicago soccer team with a higher probability currently of qualifying for the playoffs is, of course, the Red Stars. They've got a brutal schedule to end their season. Yeah. They are coming off a draw in Seattle against O.L. Reign, in which Rose Lavelle scored just a banger of a late equalizer to deny them all three points, but a game in which the Red Stars played well after getting all three points against Racing Louisville earlier last week. Tomorrow night, they play the Kansas City Current, the current top team in NWSL. But Kansas City played on Sunday night. This is going to be a really short turnaround for them compared to the Red Stars having played on Friday. Points bet has the Red Stars to win at plus 105, and that's our points bet pick of the week. The Red Stars kind of against the wall, needing to keep picking up points against a team on short rest and back at home. I think we're feeling pretty good about that Yeah, plus money. Anytime you get plus money at home, that's a good thing. Yeah, we'll take that. I want to say this. And so I will. I believe Ben Donachi, the fire's old strength and conditioning guy who was fired last year, is the Kansas City current strength and conditioning guy right now. Huh. So um, maybe Ben will have the the women of Kansas City ready to to come into his old stomping grounds and, and win. Yeah, it's been an impressive team uh, for those who don't follow the NWSL. Kansas City is only in their second season, and they were horrible in season one. I mean, they were expansion team yeah. to a T yeah. last year. Then they did a big thing, and they went out and signed both Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams of the women's national team. Then both those players got hurt and have not played at all this year, and somehow Kansas City currently topped the table in the NWSL. So great work by everybody there. They're also, of course, building the first women's soccer team-specific stadium 
anywhere in the world that they're aware of that I believe construction has begun on. They've got a new training center out there. A lot of cool things going on with that team. So if you're just looking for an, a team in women's soccer who's on a really true upward trajectory, Kansas City is doing some cool things. Red Stars, they've played, like I said, well their last two games. According to 538, they are still favored to make the NWSL postseason. They're battling with Orlando City and Angel City for the last spots there. Again, a date to circle on your calendars, NWSL Decision Day, SeatGeek Stadium, Red Stars versus Angel City potentially is going to be a play-in game for the sixth seed. Oh, boy. So, something to keep in mind. More current from tomorrow, Pat, is tonight. Fire, Montreal, 7.30 Eastern, up in Quebec. Montreal currently second in the table. Uh, that 2-0 loss at Soldier Field was not very long ago. Um, you know, a game where when we talked about the goals, they were both expert strikes. But the first yeah. goal was, uh, you know, some not great defending with giving an opposing player too much room. The second was just a really nice free kick. But I think based on how they're playing right now, I'd expect the fire to go out and try to play toe-to-toe in this game. They don't really have a choice. No, they, they have to come out. They, they cannot bunker and play for a draw like no. you traditionally would in a game like this against a really good team on the road in MLS. That is no longer an option. They need three points. There are scenarios where maybe they draw this one and win the next three and they sneak in. Those are not likely. No. It, it, if they want, if they have any hope of making the postseason, they have to win tonight. So they have to come out and play to win tonight. Uh, the injury report is bad. Injury report for the fire is bad. Montreal's on really short rest. This is going to be a weird game. So Fabian Herbers is in Philly today undergoing season-ending surgery on his groin with some Philadelphia groin specialist. You wonder where to find a groin specialist. You think Philadelphia. Also, can we throw up that tweet right now? Uh, uh, the Philadelphia Union are, uh, I don't know even know if they're playing today, but they're just uh, they're tweeting out who they're rooting for tonight, and they have uh, declared that they are Chicago Fire fans <laughs> in their quest to secure the top seed in the Eastern Conference. So, also one of the better team MLS Twitter accounts, it I'd say, funny, across yeah. the lead. So, yeah. also... Uh, Philly was tweeting out some great stuff this weekend about how many times they've scored more goals than several NFL teams s- scored points this weekend. They have like a 6 nothing, a 6 nothing, and a 7 nothing, and a 5-1 in like the last few months. And two of them are to D.C. United. Um, so, yeah, so Philly helping out Fabian Herbers as his place and also rooting for the fire. Yeah. You were saying on the injury report. Gaston's out, obviously. Fabi's yeah. out. Ivanov, I don't know. What happened to him? I don't know. Uh, Wyatt's out, obviously. <laughs> months. Wyatt's out, but the boot is off. I think if they were to have made the playoffs, Wyatt maybe could have played, but um, I don't think it's going to happen this season. Casper Shabilko's out. Chris Mueller's out. That's a big one. Bad. Jairo Torres is out. Who will be the wingers? You might say Gutierrez. He's questionable. Um, Mauricio Pineda still sick, potentially more sick than he was because he played with the flu. <laughs> so, yeah, it's So, I think great. Gaga in the back line is going to look the same. Fede's going to sit in front of him. Who's going to play the eight? Casas? Bornstein? I don't know. Like I, Andre Reynolds, a winger again? That did I not think go that's well last time. Likely, maybe Victor John Espinosa, Bez- winger. Victor Bezerra I starting hope a Victor game. I Victor gets a start before John Espinosa, but that's just... It's going to be... Basically, it's going to be Gaga, that back four, Fede in front of them. Yeah. Blank void... Shakiri Duran. I mean, Shakiri 
looked great the other day, but he's shown that, you know, in, in tight turnarounds, sometimes yeah, he doesn't the hamstring, really do multiple games in a yeah, week. Sometimes the hamstrings are, are not good. Uh, so I, I wonder about him. There's no indication he's not going to play, but I, I don't. Like, they're going into a must-win game with giant question marks as to who plays in, in the attack, and you're we know they're defensively going to be okay. They're always defensively okay. And again, Montreal's got a short turnaround too. This yeah. game, based on how the fire season has gone, this game has like nil-nil or one-nil with a team scoring a random like 88th-minute winner written all over it. This, yeah. this I. Don't know what the weather forecast is tonight in Montreal, but I can't imagine, regardless of what it is, that this is going to be a pretty soccer game by any stretch. If you're the fire, you might just try to turn this into a transition game and let Duran use his youthful endurance to just run at Montreal. And, you know, then given that your back line's what you feel best about, maybe you're okay leaving them a little bit more exposed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of what you have to do, right? In in my view. Cuz like, you're not going to control the midfield in this no, game. No. I, I you you kind of have to kind of open it up and go for it and hope it plays out like the Charlotte game did. Um Yeah, you basically have much to play better the, team though. You basically have to play the Charlotte game. Um Georgi Mihailovic does not have many more games left in his MLS career, at least this stage of it. So this will be the final time maybe ever he plays against the yeah, Chicago Fire. He's he of back. course headed to uh, AZ in the mm-hmm. Netherlands whenever uh, Montreal's season ends. Also, I think we might have mentioned this before, although maybe that deal wasn't finalized when we last talked. Credit to Montreal for sticking to their guns in that negotiation because it sounded like no... It's, there, were waiver, there were conflicting reports about what Georgie wanted. Azed wanted him immediately. Yeah. And Montreal... You know, put their foot down and said Mais no. no. We, After this yeah. season, huh? So what... Yeah, what you said. Uh, our guy, Alex Calabresi who talks to Georgie said that Georgie actually kind of wanted to stay in Montreal for the rest of the season because he wanted kind of, he really wants to make the world cup team and Correct. he was afraid. Uh, this is according to Alex. Georgie was afraid. And I think this is a smart move that if he goes overseas, maybe he doesn't play right away or something weird could happen that jeopardizes the chances. He wanted to keep the status quo because he's playing well for Montreal to try to make the world cup team and then go. So, I and think that's not yeah. a bad strategy. Yeah. We're waiting for a U.S. men's national team roster in the next day or so for those September friendlies. My guess is Georgie will be on it. Um, the space that has opened up on the roster of 26 for the national team is Christian Roldan had surgery yeah. on something and I believe is going to miss the World Cup. I think you have to give Georgie a run out. So that's... In this... In, the tw- in a 26-man roster, I think most people had rolled on, largely as a player coach, in one of those last couple of spots. With him gone, you need someone who can play both central midfield and winger. Georgi Mihailovic is kind of the obvious guy to look at there. And, uh, and also, for this specific roster, the U.S. have some other concerns. Tim Weah is still battling just a nagging injury that won't seem to go away. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to give Gio Reyna too many minutes yet. Seems like Dortmund are becoming more comfortable with him playing a lot, but I expect we're going to see Georgie in this roster against Saudi Arabia and Japan, and I I kind of like the idea of betting on yourself from his perspective, and yeah, we'll see if it pays off. This is the hardest of the remaining four games that the Fire have. Yeah, um, this Saturday is is against Charlotte at Soldier Field. That's very winnable. Then there's the international break that we were just referring to, 
And then it's October 1st, Cincinnati at TQL. Cincinnati's a weird team right now. They're going to make the playoffs, but that team is all over the place. And then decision day at SeatGeek against the Revs. So um, you win this one somehow, and I don't think they will, but stranger things have happened. It could be, you know... We've probably got their playoff odds moving from six percent, I would guess, to something in the region of ten to twelve. Yeah. If be, because the, so for those who don't know, the five thirty eight rankings are largely based on an ELO system, uh, ELO which was originally developed for NBA teams. You can kind of less effectively translate it to other sports, and because Montreal is the best team the Fire are, have left, a win against them would give them a bigger odds boost yeah. than any other single match remaining. So you'll we've kind of seen these two percent. Fluctuations. If they beat me at Montreal tonight, you'll see the fire. They'll play their playoff odds on five thirty-eight. Will go into double digits, if not maybe even a little better, because they beat a very good team. Yeah. I, just, I just heard you say odds boost, and I started thinking of points bet again. But that's just me. The fine folks at points bet. Yeah, the, they they actually have the fire as heavy dogs tonight. They uh, can't imagine why. And it, I think it was we yeah, questioned it's, them. It's we, on the website. I we questioned it. all the odds books had the fire as heavy favorites against Miami the other night. We were like, that's weird. And then the fire went out and dominated. That also happened in that midweek game against the Philadelphia Union. Do you remember that? Like it was like I would have bet my mortgage that the fire were going to lose that game. But points bet new. It is amazing to me. So you don't mess with Vegas. Vegas knows. What Vegas knows. They, they always win. Hey, if uh, Nick asked if Georgie is going to replace Roldan, how good are his vibes? Vibes check. Uh, Greg demands vibes. Georgie's vibes? Uh, well, based on previous experience and uh, past events, that's really the only great. thing. That's really the only thing that I think was holding him out of the national team are his vibes. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he is like the anti-Roldan in that, like, he's a much flashier soccer player. Yeah, he's a more skillful soccer player. He's a more fun to watch soccer player. Um, Roldan is only on the team still because he's a good locker room guy, and Georgie has been off the team because he's uh, reportedly not a great locker room guy. So uh, Yeah, a couple years ago when Georgie and Pineda were going into a training camp, this is right before Georgie was uh, sold to Montreal, um, I was on a U.S. soccer news conference, and I asked Greg, hey, what about uh, Pineda and Georgie? And he, like, starts raving about Pineda. He's like, oh, Pineda was my son's teammate at North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. We're really happy to have him. And he goes, the, the quote in print did not deliver the way he said it. it, it he goes, Georgie? Georgie's as good as his attitude will let him be. Or something, I'm paraphrasing. But um, it was like a, like, Greg was very... He made it a point to make that like that. That was actually a, a message to his player, the way he said it. So, oh yeah, and so um, by all accounts, it would appear that Georgie has matured a bit since moving to Canada. I think, I you know, he's he's a few years older. He's he's you know he's playing out of his mind. Um, he came back from the injury with you know playing strong again. I I he isn't yeah. playing maybe at a stadium that's you know twenty minutes from the house he grew up yeah. in. That yeah. also for uh, intangible reasons. Probably might have been a little bit of a push as well. So, I'm, yeah, I think Georgie's got the talent. Georgie is a talented enough soccer player to play at the World Cup for the U.S. Men's National Team. That's really yep. never been the question. It's how does he fit in with that group? And in the past, Greg Berhalter has had some concerns. So, it'll be interesting to see again. Georgie bet on himself to go out there and try to perform well enough to force his way onto the World Cup team. And that alone 
shows some maturity. We'll have to see tonight how his soccer skills translate against the fire in his final matchup with his boyhood club and if he is the one to put their playoff odds to the sword or if the fire live to fight another you day. You have to believe he would love to be the one. Yeah. Compelling and rich. Would be it would be a nice closed loop of the you know the fires current the fires modern struggles began with Georgie tearing his ACL. Was that another su- succession reference? A closed loop system? I don't know anyone season fa- mm, season one. That didn't fans. mean for it to be. Yeah, I don't know. Matthew, anyway, Matthew McFadden just Georgie Mihailovic could have another pivotal role in the goings of the Chicago Fire tonight. We will have to wait and see again. Six thirty, WGN, CF ninety seven live. Check it out. And maybe the fire, maybe the fire got something more for us. Maybe they're going to make us hold on to that last shred of hope right I to the end. Just to entertain that, there's. I think uh, uh, Trumpet Guapo said this on Twitter yesterday. He's just happy they're still in it at this point, and it's been an entertaining season. I I would agree. Like the I, season hasn't been yeah. boring, despite the yeah. number of nil nil draws. It hasn't been boring. Yeah, it, it's been it's been interesting and entertaining, and I think it probably does die off this week, but maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong many times before, and I hope I'm wrong. The fire seem to play the best when we are, like, the saddest on yeah, this show, yeah. so which I'm, unfortunately means they're probably going to get a draw tonight because this has felt like a fairly, like, a little bit upbeat. temperate, yeah. medium show. Yeah. Last week, we were real it down. Grim. It was, it was grim. real grim, and then they got and they played great yeah. soccer. This week, we've been like, uh, some good, some bad, and that probably means they're going to get a draw. Victor Bezerra hat trick. Please. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> maybe Javi Casas or whoever points bet has yeah, always hey, a favorite Yeah, you know what? Tonight is score. the night those stupid manipulated points bet goal Monus. score odds. I think Monus was on the plane. Monus is going to score tonight. Finally, they're going to pay off. Um, and so don't take that as official betting advice, but hey, you never know. <laughs> Let's, you know, if the kids go up to Canada and get a win for the fire, hell yeah. If there they don't, such is life. Yeah. All right, that's that Don't have a hot take to end it. I think we're just going to end it that, you know what? Just it's, they are, this team is what it is. You're going to see a weird lineup tonight, and it's, it's, it's going to be something. It's not go, as it's we've going set up to the be season, something. It's not going to be boring, hopefully. Anything yeah. else? You know, for a team, it's funny that we're calling this team not boring considering they had seven zero zero games this season. Again, the team is not boring. The soccer at times, eh, not the what are you best. On that note, yep. he's Pat. I'm Alex. Fire tonight and next week, uh, maybe, finally, we'll have a verdict one way or the other. I think we will. So I we'll see you we next will. week and see where we're at. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Adios.